Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. We're in week two of our citizen series, and you can write this in your note. Today's sermon title is simply, Here Comes Heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, Here Comes Heaven. You, you might be there and you might be like, you know, wh- which direction we're going to go. And, you know, it, it might sound deep. Here comes heaven. You mean like, oh, you know, as we pray, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, yeah, I, yes, but it, there's a simple meaning to it. And it is simply this. Heaven is quickly coming. Eternity is fastly approaching you. Every minute, every hour, every second, you are getting closer to your death. <laughs> Welcome to Radiant. <laughs> I just saw somebody run out of the back of the room. No, get him, bring him down. No, Joke it is. You are going to die. <sighs> I don't know when. I don't know how. But we all know that it's going to happen. The Bible says that it is appointed for each man to die. Then comes. The judgment. We are all going to die. And listen, eternity, heaven is quickly approaching us every single day. And if it's fastly approaching, I want to make sure the way that I live my life matters. Amen. I want to make sure that I live my life in a way that glorifies God and that is in a way that glorifies his name by the way I daily live my life. Now, listen, I don't want you to get freaked out. This is not one of those messages. I'm not going to have somebody come up here like covered in blood, like you're going to die today. You know, like nothing like that. Like if you were raised like me, like, or if you were raised, you know, you remember when the left behind books came out? Yeah. How many of y'all remember? If you don't remember left behind, just Google the trailer. Don't watch it. It'll give you nightmares. Like the old one with Kurt Cameron, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember being raised, I watched Left Behind, and that was a Christian horror movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, you know, we'd come Halloween time, we'd be like, let's watch Left Behind. And we, I remember watching Left Behind, and I'd be at home, I'm like a teenager, and I'd be like, hey, Mom, Mom, Mom. I just got left behind, you know, I'm like running around looking and like, you know, in the movie, people get like taken to heaven from the rapture and like, this isn't biblical, but there'd be like piles of clothes left behind. Like we get taken naked, just like, like, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, like who says the Bible says there's going to be just a pile of dirty laundry left behind. Like, no, like, but that was, I'd see like dirty laundry. I'd be like, it doesn't happen. I done got left behind. No, like it's, this isn't like. That type of message. This is a message on the other hand that I want to bring perspective to your life right now to say, if heaven is quickly approaching and we are not promised tomorrow, the way I live today matters. If I'm not promised tomorrow, my today truly matters. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 1. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1. I'm going to read this. If you don't have your Bible, no worries. We're going to throw it up on the screen. It's also in your sermon notes as well. Listen to what it says. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says this, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, 
talking about our bodies, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall be found, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the spirit as a guarantee. Listen, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let me just pause right there. Listen, to what, this is what Paul is saying. He's referring to our earthly body, to this earthly life as a tent. What is a tent? A tent is a temporary, 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 temporary dwelling place. It is a temporary home. How many of y'all been camping? You got one night camping and that's it. Why? It's miserable. And I get an amen. Don't try to act all like hippie like, nah, bro, I love camping. No, you don't. You're lying. You, you, no one has ever slept good while camping. And it, why? Because your tent is temporary. It is not your home. That's what he's saying. This is, we're, this is not our home. We have a heavenly dwelling place that's waiting for us. Verse 8, we are confident, yes, well, please rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Listen to verse nine. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Verse 10, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord or the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God and I trust also are well known in your consciences. This is what he's saying. Yes, we have a home waiting on us. Yes, we are citizens of heaven but at the same time, even though we are looking for that day and we are excited because we know we have an inheritance on heaven, while we are living on this earth, we have a plan, we have a purpose. And I want to tell you today, if you still have breath in your lungs, if you still have a heartbeat, if you woke up this morning, you have a plan, you have a purpose, you have a destiny. God is not done with you yet. Can I get an amen? He's not done with you yet. And so it's not just like, man, I just can't wait to die. You know, we used to sing the song, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by. That's actually on the track of citizens. You need to download it today. It's not that we're eagerly waiting to die. No, 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 no. I... I have comfort knowing that when I die, I have a place waiting for me in heaven. But I know that while I'm here, I have an assignment from God. Amen. If I have assignment from God, then I need to make sure the way I live my life, the Bible refers to our life as a vapor. Listen, if I just have a short time span on this earth, I want to make sure that I'm living it in a way that truly matters. The problem is, is that a lot of times we are living our life in ways that don't actually matter. If that life is but a vapor, it is easy for us to spend ourselves and to live in a way that actually does not matter in light of eternity. That when I stand before God on that day, when I stand before Jesus himself, 
the things we're living for aren't really the things that we'll be able to carry with us into eternity. You know, I learned this the hard way in 2019. My family and I, we moved here from uh, Alabama to beautiful Tampa. So grateful to live here. We love living here. And uh, we moved here. And listen, uh, you know, we sold, uh, we had two vehicles at the time, but we sold a vehicle to move down here. And we did the one car thing for a while. And finally, it came time, you know, we had some money saved. And it came time where I was talking to my wife about it. It was one of those things where, you know, we're just kind of like, we're in a good place. Like we're finally living in beautiful, sunny Florida. Came time for me to buy my dream car, a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> oh, I, my entire like adult life, I all, people would be like, I want a Lamborghini. I'm like, nah, man, give me that Wrangler. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, the country boy coming at me, shoe boy, you know, like, like, uh, just give me a Jeep. Like, that's all I wanted was a Jeep. You know, maybe if, uh, some of my older folks, if you watch MacGyver, I, you know, I just love MacGyver. He had a Jeep Wrangler. I was like, man, I want, I want a Jeep Wrangler. And finally we got down here and everybody and their mamas have Jeep Wranglers down here. So I was like, it is the time. And you're like, you know what? Let's, I remember the day Alexa was like, you know what? Let's do it. Get a Jeep. It will be fun. We can cruise up and down Bay Shore, go to the beach. I was like, yeah, I'm getting a Jeep. So finally, I shifted gears and I went into search mode. You know, like stalking Facebook Marketplace. You know what I'm saying? Like every single day, the first thing I do, I was wake up. I was messaging people. I was asking people. I was making offers and driving all around. And I was very picky and I was very particular to find the right Jeep. Then one day, I found it. In St. Pete, I drove over the bridge. i never forget pulling up to it. And there was this beautiful 2002 Jeep Wrangler Sahara. Throw that picture up. I saw, oh, look at it. It was the color green that I wanted. It was the Sahara edition. It even, the interior was, uh, the Sahara interior that I liked. It was beautiful. Just look at it. Look at Tampa Tom right there. I had to take a picture for the gram. That, that was the day I bought it. I took a bit, like, literally, like, man, so excited. The girls were in the backseat. We're driving around, hair in the wind, loving life. And then I get home, and I'm just, like, so happy. And Lexi and the girls go into the house, and I'm just like, I'm just going to sit in it for a little while. <laughs> and so I go in. I'm just, like, sitting in it like a little kid. And then finally I'm like, I'm going to do it like a fool. You know, I, I was very, I knew so there was, like, specific issues, which I'll share about in a, in a moment that, I, that some of them had. Um, but, but I, I looked over it when I, I went to buy it, but I didn't do that in depth of a search for some reason like I have been doing. I just, it ran great and I just loved everything about it. So I just like, give it to me. And I, I decided to crawl under the Jeep. And I crawled under the Jeep. The only way I'm able to talk about this now is because God's had to do deep healing in my heart. <laughs> deep healing. Like, there's days where I'm just like, um, but the Lord's healed me, and I crawled under, and my heart sunk because I knew there was a little rust on it. But when I crawled under, I realized the entire frame and the entire tub and the entire body was completely rusted through to the point where if I hit a pothole, it might just accordion. You know what I'm saying? Like, cuckoos. Like, and I remember laying in the heat thinking, what have I done? 
I have a ticket to my friend James Patterson, who's, who's here in the room right now, and he's a Jeep guy, and he took a look at it, and I could tell he's just like, uh, <laughs> the prognosis is grim. And so I literally had it one day and listed it back for sale the same week. Didn't even drive it. And I remember I sold it two weeks later, lost money on it. I was laying in bed, angry, and I said, Lord, I don't understand why. Why? This is my dream car. And I'm just pouring my heart out to the Lord. And the Lord brought this scripture to my mind, Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And I realized the thing that I've been wanting for years, the thing I've been looking at having that I thought was even going to fulfill me in some ways I was so excited about having. When I finally got it, it was full of rust. And I'm afraid that today we're pursuing some things that are full of rust. I'm afraid that we're pursuing some things that, listen, that house that you have on Bayshore right now, I know it's beautiful, but listen, in a, in a thousand years, it ain't going to be here no more. Are you pursuing things that really don't matter in light of eternity? We got to look at it like this. If we only get one life and it goes by quickly, we better focus on things that truly matter. That leads me to ask the question then, what really matters? What really matters? Listen, I want to give you some homework this week. I want you to go and I want you to read Ecclesiastes. Pretty much Solomon writes his book. He's the wisest, smartest man on the earth during the time. And literally, he's writing this book. He's exploring the meaning of life. And he comes to this conclusion, everything is meaningless. Literally, he describes life as meaningless over and over and over and over again. Then the final chapter, chapter 12, verse 13, he says this. He says, you know what? I'm going to give you the purpose of life. He says, let us hear the conclusion of this whole matter. This is the purpose of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. For God will bring back every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. That is the purpose of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. The fear of God that we're referring to in that place is walking in a place of reverence to the greatness of who God is. Of, uh, that he is the Lord of my life. We say, well, what are the commandments? What are the commandments that I need to follow is? And I'm so thankful for Jesus because he made it so easy for us. Matthew 22, verse 36, a lawyer comes to Jesus and says, he asks him, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus gives us the most important aspect of life. And he makes it simple for us. I love this. He gives us two things to follow. In verse 39, he says this. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In that moment, God simplifies to us the purpose of life and the purpose of your existence is simple. Love God and love people. You might be up, no, no, but there's got to be more. There. That's too easy. Guess what? God made it easy. Amen. Because Amen. we're not the sharpest crayons in the box. Amen. 
He made life easy. If you're wondering, God, what is my purpose? Why am I here? I can boil it down for you. Love God and love people every single day of your life. If you do those two things, you will stand before God and you will not be ashamed. The first thing we've got to focus on is loving God. And this is the purpose of your entire life. I love that we just came through Easter season and as we celebrated Good Friday and we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I was just pondering on how he went to the cross so that I can know him. That my sin separated me from him, but he went to the cross, died a brutal death so I can have relationship with him. And I want to tell you today, I don't have to pray. I get to. Come on, somebody. I don't have to worship. I get to worship. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. I get to know him. You, my friend, get to know him. You can write this in your notes. Your relationship with God is your highest calling. Your relationship with God is your highest calling. You've got to understand that one day you will stand before the living God. Listen, I'm excited about heaven. I don't know what God's going to be like. Pastor Ann's going to talk more about it next week. But, you know, I grew up thinking, what am I going to do when I get there? I can't wait to see the streets of gold and, you know, see my lost loved ones. But no, no, no. When I get to heaven, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to stand in his presence. I can't wait to encounter him. Listen, I want you to get this. There are angels that have circled the throne of God for all of eternity. And they don't sing a worship song. They sing a worship word. They say, holy, holy, holy. That word holy in the Hebrew is translated kadesh, which means separate, different, meaning there's nothing like you in all the earth. There's never been anything like you. There will never be another thing. You are completely separate from all creation, from all the angels in heaven and above earth and under the earth. You are holy. Listen, when we get before God, we're going to be there and we're going to for all of eternity cry holy, holy, holy worthy worthy listen we're gonna see jesus on that day we're gonna see the lamb turn lion we're gonna see the lion of the tribe of judah jesus who died on the cross for our sins and i can't wait to tell you there's gonna be we're gonna lose track there's no time in eternity we're gonna worship him for all of eternity why because he is the lamb of god slain from the foundations of the earth and the bible says worthy is the lamb But listen, I want to challenge you in this. We've got to make sure that we know him. We've got to make sure that we know him, that we know the real living Jesus. I don't want to get caught up. Um, You know, I was raised here in the South. And, you know, growing up, I, I thought Jesus was a white dude with long herbal essence hair. And perfect teeth. That's how Hollywood portrays it. I'm like, come on, like, can you make it a little more accurate? He was not white. He's not from Ohio. <laughs> he, he's not. He's not some hippie with sandals, like, that eats granola and sits in his hammock by Bayshore, like, bruh, dude, if you just, like, follow me, I'm going to make you, like, really happy and stuff. That's not Jesus. You know, you can read the Bible and see what Jesus is like. 
in the book of Revelation, he's the one whose eyes burn with flames of fire. He is alive. He is real. And I want to make sure that when I stand him, I'm, stand before him, I'm not shocked. You know, there's a scripture that's terrifying to me in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. But many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did, I, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform any wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Get that. I never Knew you, that showed me. It doesn't matter how many Instagram followers I have. It doesn't matter how many books I write. It doesn't matter how good I preach. It doesn't matter how many small groups I lead. It doesn't matter how good I am on serve day. I have to know him. I have to know and walk with him. That's the purpose of our life. You can write this in our notes. Citizens of heaven are more focused on heavenly things than they are on earthly things. We've got to shift our attention and get it back on pursuing him. The second thing in our life that we've got to do, the purpose, number one, loving God. Number two is simply loving people. Loving people. And I want to tell you this this today. True purpose is bigger than yourself. True purpose is bigger than us. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than just living life for us. And in the pursuit of comfort. And listen, guys, we've been lied to. We've been lied to saying that the purpose of life is just to get rich, live your life, grow old, be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's been the American dream. But can I tell you, the American dream is a lie. There's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with any of that. What's wrong is that when that becomes the main pursuit of our lives, when we're more passionate about a hockey game than we are about the presence of God. Amen. Like, like when, when, when our priorities shift and we find ourselves living for things that don't really matter and we live life that's consumed in the pursuit of our own pleasure rather than loving those around us. You can put this in your notes. Selfishness is the enemy of eternal significance. Selfishness is the enemy of eternal significance. And I want to tell you, truly loving people requires laying down your own desires. Can I tell you, loving people is hard. It's not always easy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like some of y'all argue on Facebook over everything. Everything. So Lord, help me. Like I had to step away for a season because y'all are wild. Y'all getting crazy. Like, Like literally, like sometimes it's hard to love people you would disagree with. Sometimes it's hard to love people you don't understand. But listen, the Bible says, uh, Jesus says it himself, they will know you are Christians by your love. Literally, the way that I love people points people to Jesus. The way that you love that difficult coworker. Amen. Somebody just was like, Yes, that shows Jesus to them. Why? Because this is what, there was a season of our life when we were little jerks. 
Amen. There was seasons of our life where you were the difficult coworker. And yet God still loved us. And when we walk in this unconditional love and compassion towards those around us, it's going to display the love of Christ that never ceases, that never fails us. I, I want to love people the way Jesus loves people. And, and, you know, I believe that today as one of the things God's wanting to do is he's wanting to shift the way you view things. You can put this, you know, true purpose is found when we shift our priorities, when it's no longer about how much money we can make. It's no longer about how comfortable we can get. It's no longer about living for us. It's about living to love God and love people. When we truly love our neighbors, that's where we find purpose. Because I want to tell you, there's one thing about living for yourself that, that, that doesn't last long. But when you truly live to love and serve others, that impacts people. That's a legacy that you'll be carrying with you into eternity. And, you know, the Bible, I look at it like this. Oftentimes the Bible can, you know, or people, the world can paint a picture that the greatest people are those who have the greatest things who look like they're the most important, that look like, you know, they're famous, they have power, they have authority, but the Bible says that the least in the kingdom is the greatest. That the least of these is the greatest. And listen, there's some dream teamers that are a part of this church. They'll never step on this platform, but they're scrubbing toilets, they're parking cars, they're helping people get connected. Listen, they are the ones laying up for themselves treasures on there. There's some dream teamers right here at Radiant Church. They're meeting up at, at high schools across Tampa Bay, unloading trailers at 6 a.m. They have chosen to serve God with their time, talent, and treasure. And listen, when they stand before God, God's gonna tell them, well done, thy good and faithful service because when you find true purpose and you find that life is not all about you that's where you find true fulfillment now I want to read a story to you that I read a few years ago that deeply deeply impacted me that uh, it's from a book called don't waste your life by John Piper and uh, if you have a chance pick it up it will it will mess you up um It'll wreck you. It's, it's, it literally, it's one of those books you sit there and you're like, what am I doing? Like, it, it will get you. I want to encourage you to read it. it. It's very gripping. He tells a story about something that happened at his congregation in his church. He said there were two widows that were missionaries that gave their life to do missions in Cameroon, which is in Africa. And one was a widow. Their husband passed away and they moved to the mission field. The other one was single their entire life. And they both, here they are in their 80s, were serving the Lord by feeding those who were hungry, by serving the sick, by sharing the message of the gospel in some of the most unreached places in the world. One day they were driving to a mission, to a village. And as they were driving, the brakes went out on their van. They careened off of a cliff and died instantly. And he says, some of you would look at that and say, that's a tragedy. That's heartbreaking. But he says, no, 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 let me, let me show you what a tragedy is. He says, one day he was reading Reader's Digest. And he came across the story of a couple named Bob and Penny who retired early. They moved to Punta Gorda, Florida. They bought a 
large boat, and it says they're living out their days playing softball and collecting seashells. And he said, can you imagine standing before God one day and saying, Lord, look at my seashells. And I want to bring perspective to us because the way you live your life matters. And I know this is challenging to me because I don't want to stand before God and say, Lord, I watched The Office every season 20 times. I know Jim and Pam get married, but I still watch it over and over. I don't want to stand before him and say, Lord, don't you remember I had the nicest car on my street? Do you not remember that? Like, Lord, don't you remember I, my, passport, my passport is full of places I visited on vacation. No, when you stand before God, make sure you lived your life in a way that matters. Loving God and loving people. Why? Because you're a citizen of heaven. This is not your home. And listen, again, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong that with, with, you know, living life. Listen, I know there's only life. There's car payments. There's house payments. There's a job. You've got to wake up tomorrow morning. Go back for your job. I'm not saying you've got to grab the kids on the way out and be like, honey, we're going to the airport. We're moving to Africa. If God tells you to do it, do it. But for some of you, you know what that looks like? You waking up tomorrow morning, you spending time with Jesus. You going to work at GTE Financial and you loving your neighbor. And you walking into Publix with a smile on your face, with a heart open, say, Lord, use me to reach those around me. You going home and throwing this thing in the junk drawer and you sitting down with your kids and playing a board game with them. That's what it looks like. I don't want to waste my life that's going to end up in rust and in a junkyard. I want to live my life for an eternal treasure where neither rust nor moth destroys. And treasure in heaven that is being prepared for us right now, even as we speak. If you will, let's stand all of the room across all locations. I want to take a moment. And you you might say, yes. I agree, but you say, here comes heaven. But I don't even know if if I died today, if I would end up in heaven. And I want to be sure that today, I know that my life is right with Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you want to be sure that if you were to die today, you would step into your heavenly home. I want you to slip one hand up all over the room, across all locations. Thank you, Lord. Hands are going up. Thank you, Lord. Hands are going up across all locations. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins and raising him from the dead three days later so that I can have life. I choose to follow you I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. 
all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right now, let's give God a hand clap of praise for those who made that decision. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.